The opinions expressed in this show are the views of the host and not necessarily that of WTRW, 94.3 The Talker, or the Bold Gold Media Group. The following presentation is brought to you by the host of the program who is solely responsible for its content. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin and Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Your Financial Future program here on 94.3 FM The Talker on this patriotic grand old flag 4th of July week 2019. I'm your host Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments and I want to thank you for tuning in for another exciting excursion into financial immersion as we hope to help to make you a better long-term investor. I'm joined today in the luxurious corner office studio by my colleague at NJC Investments, Miss Claire Cool. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. Thanks for coming. It always goes smooth when you're in here. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your help today. <laughs> and also the man across the board. You know him. You love him. This station and all of its educational programs on the weekend can't do without him. The best radio producer in all of the land, Mr. D.C. Taylor. Hey, you guys. How are you? Good. Uh, Good morning. Not too bad. DC, Good to be do, here. You do such great work with all the educational mm-hmm. programs here all day I, Saturday morning, all day Sunday morning. I appreciate that. Thank and you for recon- you, recognizing. You always. And I listen to as many as I can. And <laughs> you really make this station the education <laughs> station for the entire nation on the weekends. You do great work. Thank you. Hey, it's a fine weekend out there. Uh, kicking off the 4th of July already. I can't believe it. Yeah. Hey, 4th of July on Thursday. So we're going to have this weekend is a 4th of July weekend. We have next weekend as yeah. a 4th yeah. of July. Let's spread it out over We get a whole 4th of July week this year. Not nice. too bad, right? <laughs> Not too bad. All right. Well, D.C., in honor of the 4th of July, maybe we can sneak in a recipe today. A Ooh. grilling recipe. Nice. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if we have time. All right. Hey, what's the weather looking like? Uh, it looks like tomorrow... It- Partly sunny today, but there's a couple of showers, maybe a thunderstorm. Uh, tomorrow will be slightly better. So uh, let's see. What is it? Uh, there's a 40% chance of no rain today. That's not too bad. <laughs> and, a, and a 80% chance of no rain tomorrow. Okay. That's all right. Well, that sounds sounds good. Sounds like a good weekend to yeah. be out. The, the showers have to be there. we got to keep this grass green, right? Oh, yeah. But they'll pass. They will pass. Got to give you something to cut. That's <laughs> been doing fine. Trust me. Hey, Claire, we have a lot of ground to cover on today's program so let's get right into it we're going to be talking about 5g technology we brought it up again last week we'll talk a little bit more about 5g technology i saw that at&t is now rolled out in 20 cities mm-hmm. and t-mobile i think is in five and verizon's out in the lead so it's it's going to be here as we get to the end of 2019 yes. into 2020 so we will be talking about it a lot here on the program we also have some investment ideas and strategies to cover and we will certainly let you know where we stand now that we have half the year we're halfway through the year in the books for 2019 (laughs) and we will give you our outlook 
for the second half of 2019. And we also have a special treat coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to hear from Chief Economist from First Trust Securities, Brian Westbury, with his take on the economy, his take on the markets. But before we get there, Claire, would you please give everyone the details uh, on how to reach us should they like to uh, contact us at NJC Investments with any questions on today's program or any other financial topic that we might be of assistance with. Yes, you may reach us by phone at 570-586-5030. If you have a question in the middle of the program, just give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and we will get back to you on Monday morning. Um, you could also follow us on Facebook. You can head to our website, njcinvestments.com. A lot of great information on there. And finally, if you would like to visit our office, we are located at 281 East Grove Street, Parks Green, Pennsylvania. All right. Well, thank you, Claire. Mm-hmm. Well, the S&P 500 is trading now, Claire, up about 19%. Now, that's a, that's the total return, including the dividends. 19% mm-hmm. year to date. And uh, that's, uh, well, that's through June. The average over the last 25 years in the S&P 500, mm-hmm. well, average return for the entire year, 9.1%. So over 19%. So, Claire, what are your thoughts on that? Can't what do you think? Can we go higher? You know what? I think we can go higher. We're we're not too far uh, above or near the the all time highs that we hit back in the beginning of October of last year. Right. And remember, we had you know that fall in the markets, and yeah. and we're we've been working our way up slowly but surely. I saw a thing on uh, a headline on CNBC on Friday, and it said this June is the best June for the Dow since 1938. That's amazing, isn't yes. it? Yes. And yes. a lot of people wanted to get out of the market in May because May was so bad. Right. But you have to stay in. It. Yes. If you're, you have to if stay you're on the side, can you imagine being on the sideline watching the best? June in 80 years. That would be very depressing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I think you're right. I think we can go higher. Here's Mm -hmm. here's my take on it. And DC, you've heard this story before, but it's been a while since I told it. We have new listeners all the time. Um, Back in the year 2000, back in 2000, that was uh, one of the big pullbacks in the market. That Mm -hmm. was the dot-com bubble kind of burst. And everybody was so market-oriented, Claire. Everywhere you went, everybody was talking about the stock market. Mm-hmm. How's your How's your stocks doing? How's your portfolio? Everybody. Every, mm-hmm. And finally, it got to the point, I, I do my Sunday shopping, at, I did it at the time at Wegmans, and I'd go up, and I, that was my getaway. I'd go up there, <laughs> push the cart around all by myself, and uh, that was my, my downtime on a Sunday morning, and there I am at the meat counter, and there were two older women in front of me, and I want to say, you know, close to octogenarians, mm-hmm. and the white hair and all, and then nothing wrong with that you know what they were talking about stocks stocks right this (laughs) is back in 2000 right at the height of the market everybody talking about stocks and they were saying one said to the other well my stocks are doing really well how are yours doing well i'm doing pretty good but i only buy the quality companies like qualcomm and aol now these are the companies they were they were fluctuating 20 percent a day back then Uh so i looked at right then and there i knew this is that's too much there's too much optimism Mm -hmm. and and sure enough that monday that was a sunday that monday the market started down and went mm-hmm. down, the, the techs went down almost 70%. Mm-hmm. So you knew there was so much optimism and so much bullishness that it, that it had to come to an end. We're not there. No. Who's talking about that these days? Nobody. Most of the clients are still kind of pessimistic. You 
would still never nervous. know the S and P was up nineteen percent for the year. You hey. would never know if you just watch the news every day. That's right, DC Tiller. <laughs> you have the alphabet news on. You have to monitor all the news stations <laughs> yeah. across the land, right? You would never know that when you no. watch the news, no. right? The nattering nabobs of negativity would have you think we're in a recession. They're all over it. <laughs> all right. Well, the good news is the S and P five hundred has closed at its calendar year high in the second half of the year. 74% of the time in the wow. last 30 years. So that would mean we'd be higher at the end of the year than right now, mm-hmm. 74% of the time. So I guess, Gary, you can say we have a better than average chance of finishing higher for 2019 than where we sit right now. Those numbers according to BTN Research. Now, the ongoing bull market for the S&P 500 is the longest in history. In fact, on Monday... We will have uh, Monday marks the longest expansion in the economy in U.S. history. Wow. How about that? Wow. And would you know it? (laughs) No, you would have no idea. Longest expansion in history and still more pessimist than optimist, which is a good sign, Mm -hmm. I think. In this longest bull market in history since March 10th, 2009, the S&P 500 has gained over 440% total return. Now, the other good news I'll share with you this morning is we are in the third year of the first four-year term of a president. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up, Claire, the average return for the S&P 500 during the last 23 presidential third years has been a gain of over 16%, which is way above market average. Wow. Probably because, and DC, you and I discussed this before, presidents at this time in their career, the third year of their first term, they're trying Mm -hmm. to solve everything and make everything nice so they get reelected, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. that that's part of it. Yeah. So the last time the S&P 500 was negative for a presidential third year was 1939, 80 years ago. Wow. So let's hope all these odds stay in our favor, Claire, for the second half of 2019. A lot of good facts there. So it's a lot about long-term investing, staying invested in these markets. I remember Back in 2008, the last real down market that we saw, we've been spoiled now, Mm -hmm. the real big down market. Very (laughs) spoiled. Yeah, well, 2008 we weren't. We Mm -hmm. really took a a tumble there. A lot of people at that point wanted, just get me out, just get me out. And uh, I think out of over 400 clients at the time, I think three or four went to the sidelines. And I still don't think those three or four got back into right. the stock market look what look what they've missed so mm-hmm. it does say something about staying the course doesn't yes it? yes it do, you you definitely need to keep the long term in mind you're not investing for the day to day you're investing for the years to years um, and it, it does say something about you need to stay your course. That doesn't mean that you can move things around at certain times. Of, sure. of course you can, but you want to stay invested, at least a, you know, a portion of your portfolio. You need to keep it invested. Keep your long-term uh, strategy in play. And of course, we always recommend the strategy of dollar cost averaging for our long-term investors. I heard that on a commercial. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, in October, we had the, the big downturn. But if you were still dollar cost averaging throughout those three months that we had that were, you know, so-so, you're getting more shares when the market's down. So now that we're recuperating, your 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 yep. portfolio is, is going up. Yep. So, um, yes, it's it definitely says something for keeping the long term in mind. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to Your Financial Future here on 94.3 FM The Talker on this spectacular 4th of July week program. And thanks for allowing us to be the soundtrack for your early Saturday mornings.
Claire, I want to turn now to the chief economist from First Trust Securities, Brian Westbury. Now, you'll see Brian off and on on CNBC and Fox Business. He is uh, one of my favorite economists. He has a very good track record over the past 15 plus years or so that I've been following him, including calling that recovery that started the bull market way back in 2009. He was bullish when everybody else was still bearish. Mm -hmm. Now, Brian put this video out. It's a YouTube video clip this past Monday. We've been granted permission to play it here by First Trust Securities. And you can check out all of the First Trust Security videos on YouTube, or you can go to the First Trust Securities website. It's F portfolios.com and they have a lot of great information there for investors it's plain it's written plain simple you can understand their points and it's it's great for long-term investors i urge you to check out ftportfolios.com but let's take a listen right now to brian his take on the economy his take on our markets as we head into the second half of 2019 dc teller do you have brian westbury ready to go for us i do well take it away Hi, welcome back to Westbury 101. I'm Brian Westbury, Chief Economist at First Trust Portfolios. Remember, we want to be the antidote to conventional wisdom. Well, today, the conventional wisdom I want to talk about is this idea that the U.S. economy is slowing down, uh, possibly even heading for recession. And if you really listen to the economists who are saying this or the analysts who are saying this, they're focused on just a couple of pieces of data. But every month we get hundreds of pieces of data. Most of them are showing growth in the economy. But let me just compare and contrast a couple. There are some surveys of manufacturing and services which are showing a weaker economy. Uh, In addition, back in May, we only had 75,000 new jobs. We'll call that a tepid report. And, And those analysts who are bearish, and by the way, many of them have been bearish for the last 10 years, are grabbing onto that data and saying, see, the U.S. economy is slowing down. But let me give you some alternatives, all right? First of all, there have been a number, I mean, half a dozen months in the past 10 years where job growth was slower than 75,000, and yet the U.S. economy continued to grow. In the last three months through May, retail sales are up 10.9% at an annualized rate. Real GDP is going to be revised up in the first quarter to about 3.3% growth. Right now, our forecast for the second quarter is 2%. Yes, that's a slowdown, but that's all because inventories are falling. At the same time, initial unemployment claims are at rock bottom levels. In fact, if we compare them to the number of people working, they're at some of the lowest levels ever. In other words, layoffs as a percent of all jobs are, 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 some, are the greatest we've ever seen in the history of the United States. And, and so when I look at this economy, I don't see a threat to the recovery. I do not see a recession coming. And I think the market is beginning to realize this, and that's why we're moving to new highs. Um, And so let's back up and look at this from 30,000 feet, because I believe there are five threats to prosperity. And if you think about them, they are, number one, a tight monetary policy, number two, tax hikes, number three, regulatory increases. Number four, I believe government spending increases. The more the public sector takes over the economy, that's a negative. And then five is is a trade war, all right, trade protectionism. Uh, The Great Depression, we blew all five of those, all of them. The Fed was deflationary. We raised taxes, regulation, spending, 
and we became protectionists. So let's analyze the Obama years versus the Trump years by looking at these five pillars, these five threats to prosperity. So if you look at this very first chart, during the Obama years, monetary policy was easy, but tax rates went up, regulation went up, and spending went up. So we have one green and three reds. And then finally, on the trade protection front, President Obama did not increase tariffs, so I'm going to give him a green arrow there. So there were two greens and three reds, and yet, because technology was so strong, the U.S. economy continued to grow. We called it a plow horse, but it was 2% real growth. Earnings continued to rise, and the stock market rose. So now let's look at where we are today. Let's call them the Trump years. Monetary policy is easy. Tax rates have been cut. Regulation has been cut. So that's three green arrows. Spending unfortunately, is still going up. So I'm going to give that a red arrow. And then on the trade front, um, I'm, I'm calling it yellow because I don't see the kind of global trade war that the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act led to in the Great Depression. Yes, we're in a fight with China, um, but that is not spreading to the rest of the world. And not only that, I believe China is going to be forced to come to the table because the longer they wait, uh, to come to the table, the more supply chains they lose. And when they lose those supply chains, they will never come back. So if you look at the Trump years, we have three green arrows, uh, we have one red arrow and one ye yellow arrow. In other words, the environment for growth is better. And that's why we believe instead of 2% plow horse growth, like we saw in the Obama years, we're now going to see 3% growth. And as a result, that turns in to faster, not only, as I just said, GDP growth, but it turns into faster revenue growth for corporations. Margins, I believe, will continue to improve because of the lower cost of technology. And that means higher profits. And higher profits means higher stock prices. The market is still undervalued. The stock market, the, the broad U.S. stock market is still undervalued by about 20%. My belief is that earnings will grow 9 to 12% in 2019 and the same in 2020. And as a result, we could see this market, uh, the stock market rise uh, 9 to 12% each and every year and still be undervalued at the end of 2020. Uh, my expectations uh, for a bull market are very strong, and I believe that investors who who get worried and back out of this market are going to pay a heavy price. Stay invested, stay long. The economy and the stock market are still in great shape. Thanks so much for visiting Westbury 101. We'll see you next time. That again, Brian Westbury, Chief Economist at First Trust Securities, with some great insights, Claire, from on our markets. We'll recap those at the top of the next segment. DC, let's take a break right now. Let's hear from our friends at Seidel's Restaurant. Quick note, Seidel's is closed next week, Claire, for mm -hmm. vacation. The Chef Sidelnik is off on a uh, trip. He gets yes. one week a year, and he's, he shuts down for this week. But make sure you check out Seidel's the week after and many weeks to come after that. It's a great Italian-American bistro right in your own backyard you're listening to your financial future with claire cool and nick Colarossi of njc investments please stay with us we'll be right back if you're searching for a special dining experience sadell's restaurant is your home for great taste sadell's restaurant is one of scranton's elite fine dining establishments specializing in italian-american contemporary cuisines 
at Sedell's generous size entrees are prepared with only the highest quality ingredients. So whether you're having a meal for business or pleasure, it's sure to leave a lasting impression. Sedell's restaurant has mouth-watering Italian-American contemporary cooking with a delightful ambiance. At Sedell's, you are certain to find unique specials for what you're craving. If you can't find an entree off their elaborate menu, just ask the chef. He can create an off-the-menu meal for you. At Sedell's, the owner is also the chef. Sedell's is located on the corner of Main Avenue and Tripp Street in North Scranton. They are now accepting holiday party reservations and on- and off-site holiday catering. 343-6544. That's 343-6544. Make it special. Make it Sedell's. You ask me why I love her? Well, give me time. I'll explain. You seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard a Bob White calling in the Carolina pines? Or heard the bellow of a diesel at the Appalachia mines? Does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? You look with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore where men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth's rock. Do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from a bright Nevada sky? You hail to the Columbia as you rush into the sea, or how you're headed Gettysburg, or struggle to be free? Have you seen the mighty Tetons? You watched an eagle soar? Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore and thunderous display? Does the word aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast, the might of her domain. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America, beneath God's wide, wide sky. Welcome back to Your Financial Future on 94.3 FM, The Talker. I'm Claire Cool here with Nick Colorossi, both of NJC Investments. What a great rendition of America by none other than John Wayne. The Duke. Yes. How about that? On a happy 
4th of July week that's that right. we are having. That doesn't get you in the spirit, DC Taylor. Nothing will. I know. Seriously. The Duke talking about America? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I love it. And I want to thank you, DC. DC, Claire, how about this coffee? Isn't it great? Yes, and, delicious. Uh, DC has done his mad dash down the hall as he does about this time of the program every Saturday morning. Uh-huh. Brings back a piping hot cup of coffee. Sometimes it's a surprise, and that's one of the... the, the today is definitely a surprise. I can't tell what this is. What do we have in front of us today, DC? Well, we taste this one every year about this time. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Hooray for the red, white, and brew. Mm-hmm. Red, white, and brew. <laughs> I there, like that. Well, right. not a great name, great coffee. I'm sure it will carry us right through the rest of the program at a nice clip, Claire. Yes. And uh, I urge everyone, everyone, grab a cup of whatever it is that gets your early Saturday morning started. Sit back and enjoy the rest of the program. Claire, before we move on, what do you think about Brian Westbury? Isn't he? He's optimistic as yes, usual, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved his last line. Stay invested. Um, the stock market and the economy are still in great shape. So he doesn't see a recession this year. He doesn't see a recession last year. He says, uh, you know, we're going to probably see about 2% GDP growth in the second quarter. And that's because of an inventory buildup. You know what's mm-hmm. going on there? Because of the China trade deal and and the uh, tariffs pushing mm-hmm. prices up, everybody kind of pushed those inventories up. So there's a lot of inventory to work through in the second quarter. But he thinks we will be on track for a 3% GDP year in 2019. He's, he reminds us about the threats to the economy, tight monetary policy, tax hikes, regulatory increases, government spending, and a trade war. And really the uh, only two things we have to be cautious with right now of course, government spending. Now, I did hear President Trump mention that for the first time last week. On a, He did a phone interview with Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business. He said, mm-hmm. we have to get this spending under control. That's the first I've heard that. And mm-hmm. I, that would be interesting. Yes. Right? Yes. But also the uh, trade war. We'll know more tonight. Tonight is right. the meeting with President Xi of China at the G20 summit. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes and how the markets open up on Monday to see if we have some kind of progress on the China trade issues. Mm-hmm. We're hoping, we're hoping, right? We've been hoping Fingers a long crossed. time, right? That's what we'll see. <laughs> but Westbury thinks we are in good shape if, if, you know, he says there's more good going on than, than bad right now. And Claire, he says the broad U.S. stock market is still undervalued by about 20 percent. Wow. Wow. That's a big statement. And with the movement we've had, (laughs) he says we're still 20 percent undervalued. I think that's important. Yes. We'll keep an eye on that. See how that plays out the rest of the year. Well, now we've come to the best part of the program where we catch you up on where we stand year to date in 2019. But before we get there, you know that we always like to give you a hot tip on some of the best investments that you can ever make. And that is investing in your family, investing in yourself, and investing in your own community. Claire, I'm going to let you start it off on this 4th of July week. What do you have? Okay, well, I just wanted to mention there's this new place in Scranton called Madam Jenny's, and it's a very cool place. Um, the, the website says to step back in time and visit Scranton during the Roaring Twenties where booze flowed freely despite prohibition. Remotely tucked away in a hidden back room of the historic Bittenbender building on Franklin Avenue, you can enter the secret location of Scranton's premier upscale speakeasy. 
A century ago, Madame Jenny's is where the socially prominent and wealthiest citizens once indulged in all forms of the for- forbidden fruit. Oh. To access it today, you must enter through Ale Mary's and find the hidden door, or you can wander the alley behind the building and look for the red light lit above an unidentified door. When you finally arrive inside the dazzling nightclub, prepare to immerse yourself in the nostalgia and authenticity from the era. From the room's plush art deco couches to its glittering chandeliers, Madame Jenny's luxurious furnishings hail directly from New York City's famed Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Um, they they are open Wednesday through Saturday from 5 p.m. till midnight-ish. They have a lot of great local musicians, and they also get some musicians in from New York City, from Philadelphia, all over. Oh. A lot of great music happening there, so make sure you go and check it out. It's a very, very cool place. Something unique for the yes. Scranton area. Very, yes. Very good. Thank you, Claire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to fireworks for the 4th of July. The Rotary Club of the Abingtons has their annual fireworks going on Tuesday, July 2nd, Claire, mm-hmm. and that's at the Newton Ransom Elementary School, and the the parking lot will open up at about 5 p.m., and the, the fireworks will start at dusk. Of course, they have great food, beverages, all kinds of all kinds of things to do up there. The cost is only $5 per vehicle. You can check out the Rotary Club of the Abingtons for more information, and also the Scrantastic Spectacular with the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic and Fireworks. That is on the following day, on Wednesday, July 3rd, right at Lackawanna County Courthouse Square, 200 North Washington Avenue in Scranton. The Philharmonic will be playing at 7.30. Fireworks begin at 9.30, and again, there's all kinds of food and vendors going on there as well. That's just a couple of the things going on in our area this week. D.C. Taylor, what do you have for us? Uh, in the south side of Scranton, come out and meet your neighbors. The uh, South Side Neighborhood Block Party that is today uh, on Alder Street, Alder Street at Cedar Avenue. Uh, that's going on from uh, ten until two today. Uh, it's going to be a great variety of uh, great food and kids' activities, games, children's activities, music, and uh, the Saturday Farmers Market is is there, there as well. Yeah. So definitely do the Farmers Market. They got live uh, live music going on. Uh, great time. The Southside Neighborhood Block Party uh, going on 10 until 2 today. A great family event. A good old traditional block party yeah. in South Scranton, Love Pennsylvania. Nice. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, DC. All right. And let's get back to finances. Here is where we stand. As of June 29th, 2019, half the year in the books now, Claire. Wow. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up over 14% on the year. The S&P 500 just up over just over 17%. Now, if you put in the dividends, it's up closer to 19.5%, but 17% according to the Wall Street Journal. And the NASDAQ up just slightly over 20% year to date, and we're only halfway through. Those are good numbers. Mm-hmm. Price of a barrel of oil has crept up back near that $60 a barrel number. A couple things going on there. Of course, the tensions with Iran. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the uh, explosion we saw at the Philadelphia Refinery, D.C. Taylor. That's your neighborhood, right? Right, yeah. And they're they're going to mothball that for a while. They're going to shut <laughs> yeah. down completely. Yeah. yeah. So that's pushing the price of oil up a bit right as we get to the July 4th traffic. Perfect timing. We thought we were going to have cheap <laughs> gas, and there it goes. Right. And uh, I want to go back to the 10-year Treasury. The 10-year Treasury now trading right at that 2% level really mm-hmm. um, no inflation showing uh and I, I found something clear on the on the um mortgage rates the 30-year mortgage rate last week hit 
3.84% last week. 3.84%. That is just one half of 1% above its all-time low, which was 3.31%, and that was back Thanksgiving of 2012. Mm. 3.84%. Great time to think about buying a house. Buying a house, refinancing. refinancing. If only the banks would let go of some of that money, (laughs) things would really... We'll have to get uh, President Trump to talk to... to, You know, let go of the money. He likes to talk things up. (laughs) All right. Well, Claire, there were a lot of stocks in the news last week. I know you brought along some to talk about. Which are we going to talk about this morning? Well, we're going to start off with that big news that hit us on, I believe it was Monday this past week, with AbbVie and Allergan. Mm -hmm. AbbVie announced it would buy Allergan for about $63 billion. According to the deal, Allergan shareholders will receive 0.866 AbbVie shares and $120.30 in cash for each Allergan share, which I believe at the time was about a 45% premium to what Allergan was already trading at. It really jumped. Yes. And, the, and conversely, I think AbbVie really fell. Yes, it did. Yep. <laughs> um, Allergan, which is the maker of Botox and the blockbuster eye treatment Restasis, isn't the same industry leader it once was. The stock has lost about half of its value since 2017. They have struggled ever since its planned uh, $160, bi- $160 billion mega deal with Pfizer fell through in 2016 after pushback from the Obama administration. The company has also been hit with drug trial setbacks and generic competition. If this deal is approved, it will combine two struggling companies that are both seeking some growth. Uh, like you said, Allergan surged over 25% on this news. AbbVie shares fell about 16%. Now, for full disclosure, we do own shares of each for yes. certain of our clients at NJC Investments. Those in Allergan that day, very happy. And those mm-hmm. in AbbVie, uh, <laughs> we did buy some. We did buy some yes. shares of AbbVie that day. Yes. I think that's a long-term great deal, mm-hmm. certainly for Allergan, but it's a long-term great deal this combined company i think abvi uh i agree in my opinion will do well from this down the road we'll see how it plays out yes so abvi has been looking to diversify its portfolio as their um, arthritis treatment humira faces competition from cheaper versions in europe and it also faces expirations of its patents in the u.s in 2023 some see the deal as disappointing on allergens and they could see they said they could see why abvi investors want to diversify diversify away from humira uh, but they don't understand why Allergan shareholders would want to diversify into Humira. But the stock has been underperforming for so long the board had to do something, they say. And others feel that the stock decline in AbbVie is way overdone and that this is a winning situation for Allergan shareholders. Time will tell. Of course, there's going to be people on both sides saying yes. It's good. It's bad for both sides. So we'll see what uh, what time will tell. Like you said, you think you think it's going to be a good thing my for Abby. My opinion, it's good for Abby in the long run. But I we'll be here so to too. report it if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Yes. So Abby, the symbol A B B V, um, trading around seventy two dollars a share. Um, it was down a little bit further. It got into the high 60s on this news. And when it did, the yield went up to over 6% yeah. on this stock. Yep. Because it has gone up a little bit since the news, it's now down down to 5.9, which is still a great yield yep. to find in Keep the stock. That. It is down 21% uh, for the year, but it's trading at a forward PE of 7.7 right now. See, that's too, in my opinion, yeah. just my opinion, that's too cheap for that stock. Yes. Of course, there's going to be things that have to be worked out with the combination of the two companies. Right. So it will take some time. Yes, it will take some time. And Allergan, um, right now, symbol AGN, trading around $167 a share, is up 24% for the year. So we'll see what I, happens. I when think this... that all came in one day. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it was down quite a bit.
a bit. And then another stock that um, was in the news on Thursday, I believe, um, Rite Aid had reported earnings recently that were just not good. They really haven't had much good news to report for quite some time now. Um, And they actually were falling down in the market on Thursday. And then later on Thursday, they had announced that they are going to be partnering with Amazon, where you can now pick up your Amazon orders at Rite Aid stores, at some select Rite Aid stores. The stock went way up. It went up about 20% um, on that news. However, the stock is still down 39% for the year, trading around $8 a share. Um, So Rite Aid symbol RAD. We'll see how this partnership with Amazon plays out. They had a whole thing a a couple years ago where they were going to merge with Walgreens. They ended up not doing the merger. They ended up just selling a portion of their stores to Walgreens. So they're they're kind of figuring stuff out. So they'll get the, the Rite Aid, the company founded in Scranton, Pennsylvania. What do you think, DC Taylor? Is the Amazon thing going to work out? You can get your Amazon packages at Rite Aid. Is that I, what? The- I guess. Yeah, I think I saw something like that at some other place. That it's basically like it's a lockers or something. So yeah, the, the delivery the person lockers. will deliver everything to one location, yeah. and then you go and I guess you get the combination or whatever via yeah. your smartphone and to unlock your particular thing. I mean, I'm interested to see because you order on Amazon and it's there, if not the next day, the day after already. So do you really need it eh, that much sooner? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good point. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see how it plays see out. It but those are those are the stocks that I had for the news for this past week. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Claire. Let's take a break right here, DC Taylor. When we come back, we're going to answer some of our listeners' questions. We have some more stocks to talk about, some strategies to talk about. And we're going to try to fit in that recipe to kick off your grilling week Sizzling for the Fourth of July. Grill. I got yeah. a, I got an easy one for you today, DC Taylor. All right. So you're listening to your financial future here on 94.3 FM The Talker. That's Claire Cool, DC Taylor, and I am Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments. Please stay with us. A lot more to come on the program. We'll be back in one minute. Americans owe over $1.5 trillion in student loan debt, with an average monthly payment of $393, according to the U.S. Federal Reserve. I'm Claire Cool of NJC Investments, and if your children or grandchildren are considering going to college, help alleviate the burden of a high monthly loan payment by starting a 529 college savings plan. The growth in a 529 account is not subject to federal or state income tax as long as it is used for a qualifying education expense. And you, the parent or grandparent, are always the owner of the money and retain control. How about setting up a dollar cost averaging plan for your 529? With an initial investment of $250 and just $50 per month, you can get started. College is only getting more expensive and the importance of a college degree continues to rise. Help give your child the gift of education. For a free investor's kit, give us a call at 570-586-5030. NJC Investments, helping to take the mystery out of your financial future. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. (laughs) 
Welcome back to your financial future here on 94.3 FM, The Talker. I'm Nick Colarossi here with Claire Cool and DC Taylor. DC Taylor, of course, of Bold Gold Radio fame. You're always busy around the station here, DC. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a juggler. I, like to ju- <laughs> I juggle a lot of different things. And don't forget to catch this guy on weeknights on our sister station, 105 and 1035 The River. Great mm-hmm. classic rock from 4 to 8 p.m. I Thank you. catch it as often as I can. Appreciate you tuning in. All right. And Claire, during the break, DC told me I better get that recipe in that I've been promising. Yes. So yeah. we don't forget by the end of the program mm-hmm. because sometimes he lets us run out of time. You yes. know? So let's, <laughs> let's do oh one. Friend. So everybody's going to be grilling this week, right? Sure. Everybody's looking for a new idea. Absolutely. I'm going to give you a different kind of grilling idea. One very, very simple one because you're going to want to do your burgers and you're going to want to do your dogs and you're going to want to do your steaks and everything. Well, how about doing some ribs? But let's keep that grill free. Let's do the ribs. Now, I know the true barbecue people would be mad at me for this, Claire, but <laughs> let's cook the ribs in the oven to start and let's just finish them on the grill when everything else comes off. A great way to do everything. And uh, you'll have a little bit of everything that way. Mm-hmm. But I have a great rib recipe. Get your pens and pads handy. Here we go. You're going to start your oven off at 250 degrees. You want to take a nice metal pan, put a layer of foil down on the bottom. Do do yourself a favor. You'll be cleaning this pan for hours <laughs> afterward. Put a layer of foil down, aluminum foil, then wrap your ribs in foil. But before you do that, let's get some salt and pepper and also your favorite dry rub. Why the dry rub, you ask, D.C. Taylor? Why the dry rub? We want to add as much flavor into those ribs as possible. Sure. Find your favorite dry rub. Um, Jardines has a good one. There's several, plenty, plenty of good uh, rubs you can find at the grocery store these days wrap those ribs up in foil put them in that oven for about three and a half hours Mm -hmm. after three and a half hours at 250 degrees open that foil up let them go for another 45 minutes you think that's too long don't you dc you're looking at me funny (laughs) Uh, yeah you're gonna get some really tender ribs here open them up for 45 another 45 minutes in that 250 degree oven now take them out of the oven you want to put on your favorite barbecue sauce on the top of the ribs flip those ribs sauce side down onto a low a low grill for about three to five minutes, you'll get those nice grill marks on there, and the sauce will be bubbling up. Before you flip them over, you want to put some sauce on the backside, flip them over for another three to five minutes. You will have perfect tender ribs. I'm telling you right now, DC Taylor. Nice. Trust me on this one. I love it. All right. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> there's your 4th of July recipe. Claire, we better get back to finance, but mm-hmm. I think we have a phone call coming in. Yes, it is time for Mitchell's Mailbag here on the Your Financial Future program where we uh, we uh, we answer your questions. We, we love getting questions via email from our listeners, which you can send to nick at njcinvestments.com and put in the subject line Mitchell's Mailbag. And why do we call it that? Well, because Mitchell is on the phone with us. Hi, Mitchell. Hello, DC. Taylor, how are we today? I'm good. And how are you doing? I'm doing excellent all right and say hi to uh, nick and claire as well oh full house today hello both nick and claire hello hi mitchell thanks for coming on on the fourth of july week oh absolutely fourth of july week you gotta love it yeah, yeah. kicking off the week-long celebration with some questions from our listeners are right, you got the first one lined up and ready to go mitchell i do go ahead first question comes from james in Granton, James asks, I have an old IRA that I haven't really looked at in years. I'm thinking of starting a new IRA. Can I have more than one IRA, or do I have to combine them? 
All right, Claire, let me take this one. This is an easy one. James, you are not limited to any number of IRAs. You can have as many as you want. You just cannot contribute more than $7,000 if you're 50 or over per year, 6000 if you're under 50, and that's a combined total. So you can combine them. You can have several IRAs. Generally, Claire, I think down the road we like to get, get them more combined. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can certainly open a new IRA and take care of the combination down the road. And thanks again for the question from Scranton. All right. Well, let's move right on to question number two in Mitchell's mailbag. Go ahead, Mitchell. Already, question two comes from Sydney in Bloomsburg. Sydney asks, my 401k balance does not seem like it's going up like the rest of the market. How do I know what I should be invested in? Claire, you want to take this? Sure. So there's no one answer as to what you should be invested in, whether you're in a 401k or an investment portfolio of any kind. It's very different from person to person. You may may have a financial professional to help guide you in the correct direction. One thing I will say is if you maybe think your portfolio is a little stagnant, make sure you're not just investing in, in cash if you want to be invested. Sometimes that's the, the option that they automatically put you in. So you want to definitely take a look at where you are. Are. And and also, any investment portfolio is not going to be exactly where the market is. There's going to be some years where you're a little lower than the market. There's going to be some years where maybe you outperform the market. So you're not probably invested in a an S and P index fund 100%. So you're staying diversified so that you know if the market does take a downturn, you're not going down as far as the market. It so there's kind of keeps you yeah. uh, lets you sleep at night when yes. you're more diversified. Yes. All right. Well, let's get to the last question. Question three in Mitchell's mailbag. Go ahead, Mitchell. Alrighty. Last but not least, question three comes from Charles in Dunmore. Charles asks, my financial advisor tells me that I need more than $1 million in my retirement account to be able to retire. Okay. Do you think this is true? And what is the average number of years for us? typical person to spend in retirement? Good questions. All right, Charles, thanks for calling in. Um, Thanks for sending in a a question from Dunmore. Let me take the last part of that first, and that's how many years do you plan for in retirement? They, They say, DC, and Claire, that it's 18 to 21 years you should be planning for in retirement. Mm -hmm. And I saw a study recently, it said the average 65 year old male has accumulated retirement savings for 9.7 years, which would take him just short of his 75th birthday. Now, I don't know why they didn't do this for females. They probably have it all taken care of. (laughs) It's the guys that aren't doing it right, right? But they said that the the problem with that is the average 65-year-old male is going to live, he has a life expectancy of 83 years. So that leaves you with 8.3 years Mm -hmm. beyond your retirement savings. So really, if you plan for the 18 to 21 years, I think you're in better shape there. And do you need a million dollars to retire? It it depends. Some people will. It Mm -hmm. depends on your lifestyle. We don't know your specifics. But most people do not. And I will tell you, DC, we've we've done all the studies here, Mm -hmm. right? How few people have a million dollars to retire on. So everybody is different. And certainly, um, you can work with any amount, but uh, don't just count on Social Security. Make sure you're funding not only the 401ks at work if they're available to you, but a Roth or a traditional IRA as well. Get that money into tax-free or tax 
deferred land as much as you can. That will help your retirement. If you have any other questions on this or if you would like us to do a hypothetical projection for you, Claire's really good at those, <laughs> we can just give us a call in the office. We can put something together for you to give you an idea of where you stand right now. Okay, well, there you go. Thank you for all that that info. And thank you for sending your questions to Nick at NJCinvestments.com. Uh, send it via email and put in the subject line Mitchell's mailbag. There you, we answer your questions here on the Your Financial Future program. Thanks, Mitchell, for uh, going through all those questions. Oh, anytime, DC. Thank you for having me on the show. It's always fun. And Claire and I also want to wish you a very happy 4th of July, Mitchell. Oh, happy 4th of July to all of you as well. I hope you guys uh, soak up the nice summer sun. All right. Have a great week. You too. Have a lot of fun. Claire, doesn't Mitchell Dimitrik do a great job for us week in, week out? An intern from last year. He's our always intern now. Does a great job here on the program. DC Taylor, I think we should take our last break right now. Okay. When we come back, Claire has some information on some e-commerce stocks. And I have an investment portfolio from a well-known investment hedge fund manager and guru that we can review as well. You're listening to Your Financial Future on 94.3 FM, The Talker. Stay with us. We'll be back after this brief message from Mr. Wrongway. Mr. Wrongway is at it again. I got a hot tip on a stock that just can't miss. My cousin's barber knows of a company with a cure for hiccups. I can get in on the ground floor. Mr. Wrongway. And my wife's hairdresser invested in a space-age plastics company. I'm going to be rich. Uh, Mr. Wrongway. Seriously? Don't be Mr. Wrongway. You don't need any plastics or ground floors. Hi, I'm Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments, and true wealth isn't found in the next hot tip. But built little by little, it can grow to meet your needs like retirement and college planning. Give us a call at NJC Investments, 570-586-5030. And don't forget to tune in to our radio program every Saturday morning at 9 on 94.3 FM, The Talker. NJC Investments, helping to take the mystery out of your financial future. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Welcome back to your financial future on this holiday week. Well, here on the program, Claire, every day is a holiday and every meal is a banquet. At least that's what DC Taylor says. <laughs> that's a great quote. <laughs> All right. Well, Claire, you have some e-commerce stocks to talk yes. about. What do you have for us? I have three top e-commerce stocks to buy right now from The Motley Fool. All right. E-commerce stocks have been hot on Wall Street for many years now, mostly thanks to their ability to outgrow physical retailing peers. Today, digital sales accounting for only about 10% of the wider retail industry, which I was surprised to hear, there's still a long runway of growth ahead. So Motley Fool contributors put together a list of three e-commerce stocks that they think look like attractive buys today. First one is Stitch Fix. Now, there are many reasons out there why people believe that this company will fail to build an enduring position in the uh, um, apparel retailing industry. Um, Its selling model, where personal shoppers choose a customer's clothing, is unproven, and most of its target audience is still unaware of its brand or even how the service works. 
but the e-commerce company is making huge strides at solving these core challenges right now. Their last earnings report showed a healthy jump in its active user base and an average spending per order. Even better, the customer satisfaction metric that is reflected in its repeat business trends has also uh, improved in each of the last four quarters. Um, They're hoping to build some brand awareness. Moving forward, and they're hoping to branch out into some key international markets as well. So Stitch Fix, symbol SFIX, trading around $30 a share, is up 78% for the year. Up 78%. I remember you bringing us this stock about six months ago on the Mm -hmm. program. Yes. DC, sometimes it pays to listen to the Your <laughs> Financial Future program. That's right. Yes, so Stitch Fix, first one. Second one, now when you think of e-commerce, the real estate uh, sector of e-commerce isn't really the thing first thing to come to mind, but Motley Fool says Zillow Group is something to look into. Zillow has made its name uh, by disrupting the real estate status quo already with its leading group of online brands, which don't only include Zillow, it also includes Trulia, New York City Sites, um, Apartment Rental Searches, Realestate.com. They are now ramping up their efforts to buy and sell properties through its Zillow Home Loans and Zillow Offers program, providing homeowners and home shoppers a map Massively simplified, shortened real estate transaction experience. Uh, When Zillow co-founder Rich Barton returned as CEO four months ago, they teased that within the next three to five years, its target is to purchase 5,000 homes per month, which would uh, result in annualized revenue of $40 billion. And for perspective... Last quarter, Zillow bought 898 houses, generate, generating just under $129 million in revenue. So that would be a huge jump in three to four years. Um, Zillow has rallied nicely after the month's report of a stronger-than-expected quarter, but it still trades around 35% below its 52-week high. So Zillow Group, symbol ZG, trading around $44 a share, still up 40% for this year 40%. so far. Wow. Good numbers. So, yes, Zillow. And then the last one on the list is one that we talk about a lot in the e-commerce, Alibaba. Uh, It is the largest e-commerce player in China. They lost nearly 20% of their value over the last 12 months over concerns about the trade war and the economic slowdown in China. However, this tech giant continues to generate incredible growth. Its total revenue rose 51% annually last year. Gross merchandise volume on its two core marketplaces rose 31 and 19 percent. Annual active customers uh, grew 17 percent. Unlike Amazon, they say, which uses higher margin cloud business to support its lower margin markets, Alibaba does the opposite. Um, It is also expanding to other markets like Southeast Asia, Russia and Europe. They expect its revenue to top $72.8 billion this year, which would represent at least 33% growth from last year. So any good news on the trade war uh, with China could bring investors running back to this e-commerce right. leader. We'll see what happens Monday. Yeah, we'll know tonight. And yes. uh, Alibaba stock? Baba, symbol B-A-B-A, trading around $171 a share. This is up 24% for the year. And the proposed eight-for-one split on July 15th to be voted on by shareholders on Alibaba. Yes. 
Well, I have a thank you, Claire. Mm -hmm. I have a couple to finish up with here. Before I get to our hedge fund guru, I just want to cover quickly the 5G stocks from we had that we had we talked 5G last week at a great article. If you have questions on that, we got a lot of questions in the office. Give us a call 570-586-5030. But an article from Breakthrough Investor gave us their top 5G stocks to buy in 2019. I'll do these quickly. You can check it out online at BreakthroughInvestor.com. But uh, first up, we had Cisco, CSCO. They like Intel, INTC. They like Nokia, NOK, Qualcomm, QCOM, and AT&T, AT&T symbol T. Let me get to our hedge fund manager, Lewis Bacon. Claire, have you heard of Lewis? I have not. He is a hedge fund manager, has a $3.8 billion fund, and uh, does quite well. I'm just going to give you his top holdings as of the first quarter. Check this out, gurufocus.com. I'm just going to touch on them quickly here. And, of course, you never invest without doing your own due diligence. These are not recommendations from us. These are his holdings. His number one holding is the iShares China Large Cap Fund. This is an ETF, symbol is FXI. Mm. And he's owned this since the fourth quarter of 2018. He's only up 3.3%, Claire, but it could do well, depending on how tonight works out with mm-hmm. President Xi. Okay, next, we just talked about Alibaba is his next largest holding. We hold Alibaba for several of our clients at NJC Investments, BABA. He established his position in the first quarter of this year. He's already up 16% on Alibaba. His next largest holding, this is a Wall Street guru. We're giving you his top holdings as of the first quarter. First Bank Corp, FBP is the symbol. And uh, he he established this position in 2017 in the fourth quarter. This is a North Carolina-based bank. And Bacon is the largest holder of FBP. He established this in the fourth quarter of 2017. He is up 43%. Bacon also established a position in Facebook, FB, in the third quarter of 2013. He's up 34% on that. And his top is the top five holdings. As we round out his top five, his number five pick is MSCI, the Emerging Market Index. The symbol here is EEM. And he established this in the third quarter of 2018. He's up 3.2%. We haven't had much action in emerging markets, but a lot of analysts expect better things there over the next Mm -hmm. year, Claire. So we'll see how that works out. But there's some holdings from a top Wall Street money manager. And with that, Claire, DC's winding us up, it looks like. I want to thank you, Claire, for coming in. Thank you, DC, for all your help as well. you got it. And I want to remind everyone, there is never a bad time to make a good investment. If you have any questions on anything that we covered today, give us a call at NJC Investments 570-586-5030. Thank you so much for tuning in today on The Talker. May God bless you, and may God bless America on this 4th of July week. We're going to send you off today with God Bless America, sung by the woman it was written for.
Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin & Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC.